Welcome to the See the Miracle podcast. I'm your host, Brady Murray. And I'm your co-host, Andrea Murray. Our podcast will feature inspiring guests within the special abilities community. Together, we will be sharing how families and communities are rising up and seeing the miracle of individuals with special abilities. That's something to be proud of. That's a life you can hang your hat on. All right, welcome to the See the Miracle podcast. Our podcast is part of the Rise Up movement. The purpose of Rise Up is to be able to help families and help individuals that have been entrusted with these individuals with special abilities to rise up and see that miracle that it is. As I've shared in the past, all too often, individuals who have been entrusted with an individual with special abilities in their family will see that as a burden. And sometimes, let's be honest, it can be a burden. But at the same time, it can be a tremendous source of light for you and your family and your community. And the purpose of our podcast is to be able to share insights on how to be able to maximize this opportunity that we've been given. So something unique about our family is we have two children that have special abilities. Both of our sons have Down syndrome. Two of our four. Yep. Two of our four sons. There you go. uh, Have Down syndrome. And we've been having some fun experiences with this in particular with our 14 year old son, Nash. Yes. So Nash just turned 14 last July. He's almost 15 now. So this last year, he has been going through a lot of changes. He started growing a little mustache. So we started having to shave his mustache. (laughs) And that was pretty exciting for him and exciting for me too. I had never never shaved anybody before. And so that's something I've been learning. um, That was fun at the first because Nash didn't want mom to have anything to do with shaving his mustache because he wanted dad to be able to take care of that. But after a little while, he warmed up to the idea, but now it's not just a mustache. That boy's getting a beard. Now he's getting a mustache and some chin hairs and longer (laughs) sideburns. He's just getting hair everywhere. And also he's getting hair under his arms, which he's super excited about. I don't know why, but he he loves to tell people that. He loves to tell people about that and show people and be like, let's see, I have hairs in my armpits. (laughs) He's pretty proud of that. He's, he, I think he's mostly enjoying the experience of going through puberty. He also (laughs) has had a big crush on a girl in his class this year, which is really comical. And (laughs) it's, it's kind of cute, kind of sweet. And also it's kind of funny to see our little boy like growing up. And I think this year more than, than any other year, we've just really seen that and realized like what a young man he is turning into. Well, and, and the flip side of it as well, as I see him experiencing all of that wave of emotion that he, that you have when you're going through puberty, I mean, he's feeling yes. everything. He'll he be laughing and crying and he'll be angry sometimes. And he will. Yes. He's definitely felt a lot more emotion. He will have some mornings where he's getting ready for school and then all of a sudden he'll start crying and I'll say, Nash, what's wrong? What's the matter? And he'll say, nothing. I'm happy, but he's crying. (laughs) It's confusing for him. Just like puberty is for everyone. Yep. But it is uh, very tender and very sweet to still see like that innocence in him, even though he's going through all of this, he's still very, very innocent. Definitely. And it's actually, I'm, I'm glad he's the oldest of our boys because our, our other boys that don't have down syndrome that are younger are a little bit more shy and reserved. And so them seeing Nash go through this makes it so we can talk about it and have, you know, have fun with it. Actually, it's, <laughs> it's kind of, you know, just a fun thing and we can have open conversations and Nash has really been like a segue into those conversations for us, even with our, our younger kids. And so it's been a positive to have, have him bless his heart, have to go through this first for his brothers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, he's doing a good job with it though. 
And so this last year as well, it really started when Nash turned 14 this last July has caused a lot of inner reflection for Andrea and I, because I mean, Nash is 14. It's not going to be too long before he graduates from high school and he'll be an adult. And so that's caused a lot of reflection and conversation with us. Yeah, it has. And we've definitely seen, um, as the years go by, it feels like they get going faster and faster. And it seems like our family is just growing at an accelerated rate. And so it does make me more reflective on, okay, like, are they ready to leave home? Are they learning everything they need to while they're here at home? And like, are we prepared to send them out into the world? And what do we need to be doing right now to get them to that point? And so there has been a lot of reflection this last year and our, our daughter's getting older as well. And so, you know, we just, I think you naturally start to think about those things and reflect on those things. And so yeah, in particular, you know, I, it's made me think about, well, what it, what is the future going to look like for Nash and for Cooper and for our other children as well? And, you know, if something happens to Brady and I, like, who, how are they all going to be taken care of and who's going to be taking care of who? And so we've kind of had a lot of questions of that nature that we have been pondering over this last year. Yeah, I think that it's been a natural thing for Andrea and I over the years. I've I've worked in financial planning for my entire career, and that's what I went to college for, and I've uh, just kind of handled all of that. And so Andrea and I will talk about our finances, and, and she's aware of our finances, but by and large, I've handled all of the financial plan and been our own family's financial planner for a large part of that. And so Andrea last summer started asking me a lot of questions, and that was fun. Maybe you can share where that stemmed from. Yeah, I just... Um, you know, like I've done like the daily day to day bills, but Brady has handled like all of our future planning and all of that kind of stuff. And I've always just been like, he's the financial planner. I'll let him do it. And then as we've kind of been going through this reflective period, I've been like, Hey Brady, like I need to know this stuff because like, Hey, if something happens to you, like I just need to know like what to do and where to go and how our finances are going to be and all of that. And so I started asking him questions about, you know, like, okay, like what is our plan? Like, what do we have saved? Like, how are we planning for our kids? And what, what do we do if something happens to you or what if something happens to me? And so, yeah, we've just been considering that and thinking about those things. And, and the interesting thing has been, we thought we were more prepared than we actually are or have been. Yeah. This last summer when Andrea started asking these questions, it was, it was kind of a moment for me where I thought, oh, this will be fun. I, I'm excited that Andrea has um, some desire to understand and see what we've put into place. And I was honestly kind of proud of what I had put into place to protect our family and to help our family and make sure everything was good. And so as I started going through it, it, uh, it was unique because I thought, you know, this this is a really good traditional plan for a traditional family, but we we are anything but that. And in a traditional plan, in a traditional family, when the children are adult age, when they're 18 or after college or whatever it may be, they get married and they move out and they kind of take care of themselves. But in our situation, Nash and Cooper, um, we want them to be as independent as possible, but we do recognize that they are going to be dependent upon us very possibly until after we're gone and that that dependency will continue on. And in fact, we had this experience recently we'd shared on another podcast, but I think it would make sense to share that experience that you had with your friend who had met that man who has Down syndrome. Yes. So I, I have this friend who went to a, she went to one of her son's basketball games and at the basketball game, she was telling me that this man with Down syndrome was sitting there. And so she started visiting with him and talking with him. And she said, 
it was so sad, Andrea. She said he started crying and she said, um, he was probably like maybe his late forties or so. And, um, she said that both of his parents had passed away that year, um, due to like COVID situations, his mom and his dad had passed away and he had to move. And I can't remember where she said he moved from, but he had had to move from the community that he had spent his entire life in to his brother's home. And he was living at his brother's home. And he was telling my friend that he loves his brother and he loves his brother's family, but it's really hard because, you know, it's a new home and a new environment for him. And he was there watching his nephew's basketball game and just crying, telling my friend this. And my friend, you know, shared this with me, just how it really touched her, this experience. And so that, that did make me reflect and think, you know, like where, where are my boys going to be in 30 or 40 years? That struck me very much so as well, because, you know, well, Nash is 14, so he's still young, but he's still very, very innocent. And like, I come mm-hmm. home and it's like the biggest hero's welcome ever. He just yells dad and he gives me a great big hug and he's so excited to see me. And anytime we go on a trip, it's the exact same thing. Like genuinely he misses us and he, he's very much dependent on us as is Cooper. And I expect that that will continue on in adulthood, that it's not uncommon for individuals with special abilities to just have that innocent and, and that, yes. that genuine even, love for their parents. Even if they are able to live independently, I feel like, you know, there's just a different mentality there where they may learn to be able to do things independently. But like Brady said, there's always, they always will retain that innocence that they have where, um, you know, in a way they're very vulnerable to, to life situations where, you know, they, they don't have, they aren't able to use their own voice. And so, mm-hmm. so they have to become that voice. Yeah. That experience causes us to really look inwardly on this and say, okay, so like, what does our plan look like? And like I said, we, we recognize that we had a very good traditional plan, but we did not have a very good special needs plan. And in particular, it was around the care of, and the, the application of benefits that our boys would be eligible for, but primarily like the care of and what the plan was for our boys in the event of Andrea and I passing away. And and it's again, very likely that Andrea and I will pass away before Nash and Cooper pass away. So what's the plan in that situation? And maybe you can share our default plan. So, so we realized that, that, you know, we had, um, so, you know, with Brady being in the financial planning business, like we said, we have talked about, you know, if one of us passes away and just kind of like our financial situation with that, but we had never talked about our situation with the boys and like how that would work. And so we started talking about that and realized that we were kind of defaulting to that same, that same plan that maybe that man found himself in where we just kind of like the default was, well, if we're not here, like some of our family, our ki- our children or somebody will have to step up and take care of Cooper and Nash. And that just kind of made us want to have more of a say in like who, you know, who would we want to take care of them? And would we want to place that on our children? Because I know that like our children are close with Nash and they have such a good relationship with Nash that they would be willing to do that. But it's, it's hard to say if that would be in their best interest because we don't, we don't know like what their situation in life will be like at the time. Like if they'll be trying to get an education or if they'll be married and, you know, have a hard marriage that they're just trying to like work on their marriage or if they, you know, will have a bunch of children at home, little children that they're trying to take care of and adding, you know, two more brothers of special needs could become very burdensome. And so we were just talking about, you know, how do you plan for that and how do you just prepare so that that the boys and our elder children as well can have the best possible scenario where they all feel good about it. Yep. The other thing that I realized is 
we've always been um, tried to be good savers and just make sure we have our proper protections, whether that's life insurance or disability insurance, and just put money away and save and know that if we save that it's going to work out because we'll have a kind of a rainy day fund that we'd be able to use for our family or our boys or whatever it may be. But as I got looking closer at the trust and the will that we had in place, it actually had our assets positioned equally among all of our children. And that's a big no-no, I come to find out, because it would negate our boys of ever being eligible for any type of government benefit that they would be eligible for. And so in all transparency, I, I remember hearing that before and thinking, oh, well, our boys aren't going to necessarily need government assistance because we're going to save and, and going to help take care of them. But after I realized and, and I looked into this a lot deeper, that that is definitely a no-no, that you do want them to be eligible regardless of any financial means that you may or may not have simply because of that resource that it would be uh, that would be available for them. And so, again, looking at our plan, it was a good plan, a good traditional plan, but we had to do a lot of work that way. Yeah, it, we definitely realized that what we had in place was um, wouldn't be serving our family to their best interest. And so, you know, like as we were saying, like I started asking Brady about this and he started saying, well, let me let me do some research. Let me look into it. And so he just started researching a bunch about this. And why don't you share what you've found in your research? Yeah, absolutely. I actually so a core belief of mine is that the person you become is determined by the books you read and the people you surround yourself with. And so I had been doing our own financial planning, but my background actually in college was financial planning and I have a degree in accounting. But I've never once done our taxes. And the reason for that is I've always found that a CPA and, and an expert in the realm of tax would do a lot better job, even though I could probably fill out the form. And so I thought to myself, you know what? There's got to be like financial planners that specialize in special needs planning that I could turn to and that I could reach out to. And so I started looking in the state and in the region. And I was actually introduced to many different individuals who um, put that out there as, as doing financial planning. And as I visited with them, I realized that they um, would dabble with that and they could potentially help us with it. But it wasn't something that they were like, absolutely 100% committed to doing. It was something that they did more on the side. But I did learn that there was a designation called the Chartered Special Needs Consultant that financial planners can obtain that teaches you these things. And so I thought, well, heck, let's go get that. And so late last summer and early fall, I busted through those courses and I learned a ton through that. And it was actually through those courses that I met a couple of financial planners, one in Spokane, Mary uh, McDermott, and another one in Denver, Melissa Lang, that actually that's exclusively what they do is financial planning uh, for families that have special needs children. Uh, Melissa's actually been practicing for 30 years now. And so we engaged with these individuals and we just fell in love with their process. And we're very thankful for the help that they were able to provide for us. And being the entrepreneurial mind that I am, I started to ask around to other families and say, how have you guys uh, managed this uh, that is part of our special abilities network? And um, ironically enough, all of them were in the same boat as us. They said, well, we've kind of done some trust and we kind of tried, but we really don't know where to turn. Yeah, it's been it's been eye opening to see that to see how you know many families of our friends that we in our community in the special needs community that we've talked to have just kind of had that same default plan that we had where it was like well you know we'll cross that bridge when we get to it and we kind of have an idea like someone in our family like one of our children will take care of them but it, it is a little bit tricky to you know it's tricky to plan for the unforeseen just in general but it it's becomes kind of complicated to try and plan for the unforeseen 
with children with special abilities because that just adds another layer of unpredictability on it. But it is it is possible and it's good to just think through that process and begin to kind of lay a foundation for that of what it could look like. So that's kind of what we started to do. And like Brady said, he got really into it and started researching in the financial planning industry, like what could be done and finding these two wonderful ladies, Mary and Melissa, that we were able to counsel with. Um, it's been exciting actually. Like we both have learned a lot and it's been really exciting for Brady because he's been able to start to work professionally with these two ladies. And, and it's just been like, we've been really excited that one, like we, we've been able to feel more confident about the plan that we have for our children, but also like, we finally feel like, okay, we have something we can share with others Mm -hmm. and, you know, and maybe not give specifics to others, but just like inspire them to look closely at what, you know, like what plan they do have for their children. Yeah. And that's, that's been a peace of mind for me as well, because as I shared for the last almost two decades, I've managed all of the financial planning. But as Andrea said, if you're not here, if something happens to you, what am I supposed to do? Because not only did your husband pass away, but your financial planner passed away (laughs) as well. And so um, that's been wonderful to have peace of mind, to be able to get into play somebody that Andrea would be able to turn to heaven forbid that I wasn't here and to know that all of our ducks are in a row to be able to get that taken care of as I shared just with the entrepreneurial mind and seeing seeing the opportunity that this is to be of service to that community within our firm we actually created the special abilities network which is a financial planning firm dedicated exclusively to working with families that have these special abilities children and the first two people that I reached out to to help be our advisors was actually Melissa and Mary and fortunately both of them were able to join the team and it's been a lot of fun to help a lot of these families with those same issues that we had just a year ago so a fun thing that uh, as we've been going through all of this planning is we often get wedding announcements from our friends and from our friends children and something that is so unique is nash loves them. Oh, he gets so so exciting. It's so excited when we open a wedding announcement. (laughs) (laughs) So we open a wedding announcement and he loves to take that Mm -hmm. and he'll like go and hide those and he'll just look at those because you can tell that boy wants to get married. He'll take him up to his bedroom and he'll hide him in his room, in his closet or wherever. And then I'll find it and say, Nash, what is this? And he'll be like, I want to get married. <laughs> <laughs> it's the cutest thing. We went on a big overnight hike and um, we were unpacking. We were way up in the mountains and we're up there. And his teacher from school got married last summer. Yes. And he took the wedding announcement of his teacher and her fiance in his pack <laughs> and hid it in there. And we're way up in the mountains next to the lake sitting by the campfire. And he pulls that out and he's just looking at it. Yeah. You can just tell that boy wants to get married. Yes. So we don't know what the future holds for our boys. Maybe (laughs) they will get married. I mean, it's just really hard to say, but it is nice that we kind of have, you know, it might get more complicated, but at least we kind of have like a baseline plan now that we feel comfortable with and that you know, we can, it's not just a default plan. Yeah, it's it's a, something we've it's actually a put a lot plan. of, a lot of thought into. And, yeah, you know, Brady and I did a recording like this, similar to a podcast where we just talked about like our hopes and our desires for our boys so that, you know, somebody can listen to that and kind of know maybe like the, the guidelines that we 
yeah. with help for them. And we've also had a wonderful experience with, uh, with an attorney as well to be able to go through this and just highly recommend just her. Deep in our She's planning. amazing. Yeah. Like that's been a really good experience. And so that, uh, that's what we wanted to share with you guys today. That's been a fun experience with us or for us over the last year. If you had any questions or you had a desire to learn more, you can always look us up at specialabilitiesnetwork.com. But in the meantime, thank you for joining the Rise Up, See the Miracle podcast. We're excited to continue to share our life and our journey in raising these special abilities children. Yep, we'll see you next time.